0: eftm
1: tech cars lifestyle this is the eftm podcast with travel on
2: eftm
1: you think i'd learn not to travel wouldn't you i mean i was just standing here thinking and i'm standing by the way decided to stand and record this part of the podcast i'm standing here thinking oh, this office is kind of I'm, I'm feeling good about it it's clean it's tidy i'm getting together i've got a pile there of rubbish i've got Things coming in, I'm keeping account of things. And then I realize I'm going away again next week. Man, I just can't crack it for a decent length of time, just standing here and getting work done. But that's okay. <laughs> we'll get there. I've just received uh, the problem with working alone, too. I've just received a, a smash cake. And here's welcome to the first world problems of being um, Trevor Long from EFTM. Okay. Uh, I've just received a smash cake. Um, I probably don't know. Whether I should say who it's from, but anyway, it's a it's from a laptop company, and um, now oh, who cares? It's from ASUS, um, and well, without breaching anything, we know they announced the ASUS ASUS ZenBook Duo at at CES, uh, and they recently announced the pricing on that. I think it's I think we know that it's available as of tomorrow, the fourteenth Valentine's Day, um, and they've just sent me a, a a smash cake that requires it has two hammers, so it's it's a duo. It's a, it's a two-person job. Problem is it's uh, it's not going to be gluten-free. So there's not two people in my life that can enjoy that. Uh, I'm not going to take it home because Harry and I will just eat too much of it. So I end up going, what the hell am I going to do with this thing? Um, because, again, this is the balance. I mean, I'm sure they want some lovely pictures on social media, but I want to give it to the office next door. The air conditioning people, they're, they're great. Um but I don't want to give it to them already smashed. So I can't get the video of me. I don't know. These are the quandaries I have every day. Anyway, it's middle of the afternoon and this are the things I've got to worry about, fun times. Um, EFTM uh, podcast, taking your calls. If you've got tech questions, that's what we're here for. If you've got tech questions about electric cars, then uh, Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars is now available on YouTube and All Good Podcast app. We'd love your rating and review of that on the Apple Podcast app. Um, and we'd love you to listen too. Stephen Fennick and I, after 13 years, put all of our imagination together and found the name for a new podcast would be Two Bugs Talking Electric Cars. We really, really nailed that. Uh, anyway, it's available now, and we'd appreciate your input, and would love to hear what you think. Um, it will evolve over time, of course, as all good things do. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think of Two Bugs Talking Electric Cars. Until then, let's crack on and help people with their tech questions. Music. Trevor Long, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, all you've got to do is go to the website, eftm.com, click on Ask Trev, and I'll do my best to get to you if I can. Um, And we'll go straight to calls now. Annabelle's on the line. G'day, Annabelle. How are you doing?
0: Good. How are you, Trevor?
1: Very well. What can I do for you?
0: Okay. Our situation is we have a document that's 6,200 pages long.
1: Wow. How big is that file?
0: That is very big. Um, We have electronic access to it. Mm. Um, There are lots of privacy laws and confidentiality issues with the document.
3: Mm.
0: What we want to know, is there a software AI program platform or whatever that we can use to read the document to pull out the data we require? Because for someone to actually physically read, that many pages is going to take days, which is going to cost a huge amount of money. Mm. But is there a way that we can use this new technology to assist?
1: I would argue potentially yes, but I think scale might be your issue. Um, Do you actually physically know how big that file might be, like megabytes?
0: No, no, because I don't. I'm in a situation where I can't ask for access until I know how to deal with it, because we have a limited period of time sure. gotcha. that we can actually have the document, and we're not actually allowed to download it.
1: Gotcha. I mean, I think the answer is going to be not good for you, but then because in, in my mind, the only thing you could do is rely on the 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 systems that have been created online now they're subscription based so chat gpt for example is amazing and i wouldn't do it through the public free system but as a paid as a paid user you get the ability to upload documents now i've uploaded um things like government submissions government uh, papers and then what what it allows me to do is then just ask questions it's 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 just phenomenal. But I guess your concern there is uploading a document to um, ChatGBT, you know, what's the ownership process legal around where the document ends up and whose hands is it in. So I I don't think there's software that you can get for your computer because, and I think that's what you're thinking is, can I install something on my computer Mm. that will then read it for me and do this? But the power of AI is really happening right now or this AI race is happening because of the power of the cloud. So it's actually the yeah. cloud. That's why it costs so much money too. That's why um, whether it's Microsoft, Google, or uh, ChatGPT, there's always a subscription to use the best of it. Because mm. when I ask it to read a twenty-page document, I mean, I'm I'm asking it to draw through some serious computing power to analyze words that it it read and has in its kind of memory yeah. and and spit them out for me. So. You're just basically paying for huge computing power. That computing power doesn't exist on your desktop. Um, no.
2: Okay. There,
1: there, may be, and even if it did, you would need a powerful desktop. So I sit here and I've got two desks here in my office, and one of them has a super powerful computer that I do all my video editing on, and the other one's just pretty basic. Yeah. If I was, if there was such a thing, I would be using the powerful one for sure. So, a, I'll get it done quicker. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that we've got to a point where there's anything. Half decent that on mm. your computer can read a document and help you yeah. summarize it or analyze it in any way, shape, or form. Unfortunately, I think that may yeah. be a bridge too far.
0: I just think that us even considering putting it into the cloud breaks every rule that we have to follow.
1: I understand, and that,
0: so that, that's I think, why I think we it's good that people think like that because
1: I don't. I'm I'm a fly by the seat of pants kind of guy. Um, so I think it's well, good that there's people like you out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there are some rules we need to follow. But here's, here's what I'd down be down researching.
1: Uh, what I would be researching because the fact is I think it's it's possible that we might get this kind of power closer to our computing, um, our yeah. desktops, but f- for you this is some some time away. So the things that m- may exist that I, that I haven't researched, so what I would be looking into is uh, private AI cloud. Um, uh, you know, like destructive AI. So, things there might be services that have been created with, you know, privacy policies and usage policies that you're able to analyze, and believe and understand work in this way, for that exact purpose. I would be
0: blown away. You mean by that? If there wasn't, they would destroy. Yeah, you're looking. You're looking for someone. You're looking
1: for someone who's created their their rival to ChatGPT. And they've yeah. created it with the intention of essentially charging people like you more because you want that overarching privacy of, hey, when you upload something, we analyze it, we we answer your questions about it for a period of an hour and then it gets purged. So if you want to do it again, you've got to start again, you got to upload it again. Yeah. Like it yeah. would make perfect sense, wouldn't it, for someone to create a legal, a legal assistant chat GPT. It's the perfect –
0: it would be fantastic because, it's, I mean, it can't be just me that
1: that is no. confronted
0: with this same dilemma. But also if you've got a document that's 40 pages long, for you to pull the data out of that, it is, it's its time-consuming. Yeah. And if you could then just set some parameters and pull out, you know, nominate certain words and whatever, it would make it a lot easier. But also there would be consistency mm. throughout the have data. You, drawdown have you looked or whatever, at the like to call
1: terms and conditions of a chat GBT?
0: No, because I just started researching this and it was so overwhelming that I got completely confused because I'm not that techie. Mm. So Mm. um, I I looked at a few things. I I spoke to a few people and then I have to say I was Googling and your name popped up and I went, okay, let's just go to the source.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't take much. Mm. I've just done a real quick little little search and if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't be using ChatGPT because – you know, no. straight up, it, it very clearly talks about how you know there's there's risks to that. Um, yeah, but uh, there's got to be something, otherwise we're onto a winner here. If we could get a few billion dollars of investment, um, we'd have the perfect, okay. Well,
0: I'll leave that. We'd have the perfect solution, hands. wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, but we share the profits.
1: Oh, that, that that's that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll have my my people speak to your people. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, I can do the legal side of it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated I'll throw by up it the now. Contract. I really am fascinated by yeah. it. That I mean, again, I'm just searching while we talk. But you know, I see a thing called um, GPT four lawyers um, spell. Yes,
0: but that uh, mostly
1: works with contracts so, and right. things like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, gotcha. So gotcha.
0: that whereas I'm looking at you want, a, you want um, proper
1: generative AI, which is going to read something yeah. and and help me yeah. understand. Yeah, and it
0: will be all kinds of different documents. So there will be reports by medical people. There will be reports by other people. Um, You know, there'll be handwritten notes. There'll be typed written notes. There'll be, you know, doctor's scrawl and uh, terminology used Mm, by mm. people in different associated fields that – difficult to pick up so it, it's quite a, a big task but I just need to find a way that I don't actually have to read all those pages
1: yeah I, f- I feel like you're going to spend as much time looking for the solution as you are reading the pages at this point mm. Mm. but a fast like I'd be signing up to as many newsletters about this as possible because the minute it becomes available you become yeah you become at the forefront of it and and again, because you're in well, the legal really space, exciting. you can you can read those yeah. those terms and conditions that most normal people are just clicking yes to. You can read and, and find out whether whether there's one that actually fits the bill for document destruction, yeah. you know, storage of data, privacy, mm. and all that kind of stuff. Because man, yeah, super powerful for a like a, a legal firm to be able to not just look at past because that's the way I think about it I've always thought of I mean I've watched a l- lot of legal TV shows it's about as close as I get and you know they, they talk about case <laughs> law and you know precedents and stuff and you think if you think all of the previous case law is available at your command so tell me cases where uh, a man did this and and this was the kind of the, the suit uh, um, and that like that that alone is is pretty cool and then digging into those those precedents to to draw mm. out needs amazing But then the the real power is what you're talking about is feeding in your own information and having it, you know, essentially find the stuff that your eyes might gloss over.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think um, for the the time and the energy and the money you would save if that facility was available would be Mm -hmm. extraordinary. I mean, and then you think of it from the client side, Legal fees are are enormous. If you could save someone several thousand dollars because you've reduced the time and the people involved, fantastic. Not every legal firm will be happy about that, (sighs) but... You know, Not every you, legal firm will pass on the savings to... either. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that they would be good and do that. But maybe that's um... a
1: thing for the future. Now, you think about your your time sheets in a in a legal firm, mm-hmm. and if you were to look at a bill, it's like okay, well, there was this much admin time, this much you know QC time or KC time. this there's much for different levels, and then there'll be one level there which is AI time, because I yeah. think well, I think what you'll end up seeing in the future is. Because, as I say, AI is expensive. Its computing power is expensive. I think you'll find that lawyers won't pay, for example, per like I pay it thirty dollars a month for ChatGPT because it knows mm. I just my ability to abuse its power is pretty low. But when you start uploading the amount of content that you'll upload, it they'll charge you essentially by the hour of AI processing time, and so that'll wow. become a new new timesheet is AI say, processing yeah, time, and yeah. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think it exists yeah. right now. That that's the answer to your okay. question, unfortunately. But you but you're at the forefront.
0: Well, at least I found out, one way or another, that that it's pending, If You we'll hear
1: otherwise, I'd love to know.
0: Oh, fantastic! Well, thank you so much for calling me back. No worries at all. Letting me know your thoughts.
1: Thanks. Thanks for getting in touch, Annabelle. All right. Bye. Good on you. Cheers. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> like, can we just think about that for a minute? Um, you'll get to a point in the future where your lawyer will charge you for their admin staff time for their solicitors time. I don't know what lawyers are I've never used one but you know but for the barrister's time and for the AI time because AI will cost it will come at a cost um, but in that case a bit risky to upload that document um, because if you and I, I I'm blown away by how um, straight down the line Annabelle is because you could easily be someone who goes, yeah, let's just use it. But you're actually breaching so many regulations by throwing something into the cloud, into the ether, and not knowing how it's being cared for, disposed of, seen, who can see it and all that kind of stuff. So powerful stuff, AI, super powerful, but be, be interesting to know how it progresses. And I think that's one very clear use for the progression of AI. EFTM. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast. Thank you for listening. Michael's on the line. G'day, Michael. How are you doing?
4: Good, Trevor. How are you?
1: Oh, real good. What can I do for you?
4: I want to um, upgrade my internet security. And I've got Trend Micro, and I've got a very old computer which um, I've been advised that memory is being affected, I guess, the performance by the current. you know, intended security I have on it. How old old's old. me, will probably at least 10 years, I guess. Oh, it still wow. works okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got an i7 processor and you'll probably know more about it than me in that space, but um, it still works quite well. It would have been good it's in its
1: time, t- that's for sure.
4: It would have been good in its time, but I'm just concerned that I don't want to have to sort of splash out and get another computer just yet. I'm looking for recommendations, I guess, what would be best um, for the – the computer as far as um, systems or as far as internet security um, that doesn't use as much memory but still gives you the protection you need, particularly in today's current world as far as what's going on out yeah. there with yeah. hacking and everything else. In
1: reality, you're already in the right space. So there's only really four companies that, that I recommend for internet security, Trend Micro being the first one, McAfee, uh, Kaspersky and Norton. Now, Norton and Trend would probably be the best known of the bunch. McAfee seems to get all of a lot of the new user signups and things on computers, but they all operate the same way. If your computer is struggling under the load of what Trend Micro is trying to do, trust me, it's going to struggle under the others as well. They're all trying to do the same thing. So I actually think it's more about what you, how you use the internet security at this age of computer, for example. So, remembering that you're probably going to start to run out of things like Windows updates and stuff as well. So you are at a heightened security risk. But most of the time the reason it slows your computer down is because it's doing regular scans and constant scans. So I would be looking to schedule those things outside of your normal use time so that like I I look at my – and obviously I've got a brand new computer and I don't notice that. But when I log on and I notice the trend, um, you know, cleaner thing pop up, um, I just go, not now because I'm using the yes. computer. Like I, I, I yeah. think think if you think of the antivirus software as being another person sitting at the computer, they should only be there yes. when you're not. So That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. dig into the settings and see whether you can delay its work until the evening. Yes. And leave. make sure you're leaving the computer on so it can do that because obviously if yes. you turn your computer off regularly, which is great, um, by turning it off you're restricting its ability to do some housekeeping when you do. The yes, other thing you can scans. think about is is everything else going on in the computer and like a little bit of a reset and and setting yourself up essentially for the next couple of years when you do need a new computer. Why don't you mm-hmm. organize your files and things so that you've actually got yourself a very clear and obvious backup? And, oh, mate, reset the computer. Factory reset. So yep, if, okay. you, if you back up your files and photos and whatnot and you go in, press the Windows key and type, I think they just say reset, but it might be restore. When you do a Windows restore, there's two options. The first one is to keep my files, which basically just puts Windows back on top of itself. Not a bad thing to yeah. try. See whether you get any performance improvement. The other one is, yeah, you know, wipe me clean and, and it reinstalls Windows and, and wipes the hard drive. And yeah. that's I'm telling you that will give you a fresh lease, lease of life. The computer will I'm perform better. Well,
4: I'm a bit... I'm a bit scared about doing that, Trevor, because I reckon if I do that, I'll stuff something up and I might have Geek's you out or somebody out trying to fix it for me, which I've done before yeah. to try and create a bit more capacity, um, which they did do. But they tell me that because, I guess, it's an old system, even yeah. though the processor being the i7, um, it's using up a lot of, I guess, memory with Trend, mm-hmm. trend Micro, but you certainly – those tips, I think, are, are good tips. Um, and I was reluctant to go away from Trend Micro and those established antivirus platforms because what I didn't want to do was have my data at risk.
1: No, exactly. Which, which look, is
4: something that the I thing guess is, we all should look at. At that
1: age, let, let's be real the, the, the threat to yeah. your physical computer these days is actually very minimal the threat to you as an individual is great higher, much higher. So you're actually better off investing in making sure that you've got all the other thing trends offers like, uh, you know, web security, which is their, their safe clicking. So that if you're clicking on websites, you're not clicking on things you shouldn't be. That stuff doesn't take up any uh, processing power. So at the very least, mate, pair back how often that thing's running, get it to run once a week instead of once every two days, that kind of thing and keep yourself safe that way. But, you know, with it, we're kind of yeah. running, running beside you as a, as opposed to with you.
4: Yes, no, that makes total sense. Thank you very much. No worries. For all your right,
1: time. well, hopefully and it gives you a bit, a couple more, couple more a, life.
4: You'll send me a bit of a fact sheet information, I assume, too, because I think I've pres- I think I've subscribed to your internet information now and all your I guess uh, information around all the different technology that's out there. Not yeah, that I'm the Never know guy, what I'm you'll right, get not. from
1: me these days. You never know. I'll never know
4: what you get, but appreciate your time. Um, Good on and you. Have a great day. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Cheers. Mate.
1: Good on you. Um, Michael works in the tax department, so it scared me a bit. He told me he works for the tax department, and I got really scared. No, I'm joking. Um, it, it is a tough one because, I, like, I respect the fact that you're trying to hold on to the computer, right? You're trying to hang on to the computer for as long as possible. That's what you really want. You should get as much life out of a device as you can. So uh, hopefully he can do that and it, prolong the life by pairing back the uh, the internet security processing a little bit. This is the EFTM Podcast. Taking your calls if you've got a tech question or you need help with anything technology in your life, if you just bought something really cool, doesn't worry me, get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com, and click on Ask Trev. G'day, Lester. Hello, Trev, how are you
3: going? Yeah, Thanks real, for
1: uh, having me on. Real good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: Yeah, I uh, can't get receive or send any emails on my phone um microsoft were playing silly buggers there a few years ago and they or 18 months ago and they wanted me to sign in every time i sent an email or something Mm. and uh i just got sick of it and uh i wouldn't sign in uh they'd, they'd let me use my account sometimes with the email account and other times they just blocked me and in the end they completely blocked me and uh they said I, to to uh, get my email. Um, site back, I'd have to send them copies of emails that I'd sent previously, and oh, I just got too deep for me, and oh, I yeah. just give up.
1: So, is it, uh, you've got uh, an Outlook account? Do you? Yeah, I've got an Outlook account. And have you walked away from that now? Of given all that drama, Are you using something different?
3: No, well, like, actually, I use um, a Gmail. Yeah. And uh, and uh, hotmail, right? On my I still got a PC as well. That's the, that's the only reason I, I can, you know, still communicate e- emails wise. But it's a, it's a pain when, when you have to send some copies of photos and things like that. Because on the uh, um, PC, I don't have a camera, it's an old PC. And,
1: uh, so you've got. If go you take away. a photo or something on your phone, you need to send it to someone. You want that email to be on your phone.
3: Yeah, that's right.
1: And have you tried adding your Gmail account to your phone?
3: Yes, it's 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 been used on there before. Yes.
1: So is that not but working now?
3: I can't, I can't get anything. See, I, I um, I tried to reestablish. Gmail is uh, uh, Google, isn't it?
1: That's right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got. Uh, a message from um, Google to say that uh, if I wanted to reactivate my Gmail account, uh, press so-and-so, and they said that we've sent you a message. And But they sent the message to the phone, and I can't get the message on the phone, you know, like the email on my phone.
1: So, Well, they don't normally send an I, email. I, they normally send a text message of some sort to verify.
3: Oh uh, Sorry, sorry, it was a text message.
1: And so do you, no, don't, you don't I, get the text?
3: I didn't get the text. No, but I I think it was, I think they sent an email. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't
1: sound right, I'll be honest with you. I think, here's what I would do. I I would actually factory reset your smartphone so that all your old settings, all your old email accounts are are gone. Don't worry about them. Um, Yeah. I hope that you've got your photos backed up somewhere, but I would factory reset the phone so that when you boot it up from scratch, you said it's a Samsung phone, didn't you, an old one? Yeah, S10. So when you boot it up from scratch, it'll ask you what's your email address and so then start with the Gmail because Gmail is Google, Google is Android, your phone is Android, your phone is Google basically, right? So if you, if yeah. you log in with your, with your Gmail account, the worst thing that's going to happen is it's going to say what's your email address and your password. You know those two things and the worst thing that's going to happen is it's going to say we're going to send a verification code. If it says yeah. it's going to send that to a certain mobile number, as long as that's your mobile number – it will send that text yeah. message, and and you'll be good to go. Uh, and from there, oh, yeah. then you've got the email set up on your phone. You're, uh, you're you're cracking away with any photos you need to send and whatever. And mate, you're never going to get that that Outlook hot Microsoft account back. It sounds like they want you to jump through hoops. But I well, think you I should be able really to live. I think you should she should be able to live pretty pretty happily and safely with the uh, with the Gmail being your uh, your your main operation. Okay,
3: but I'm—I'm uh, I'm, an an I'm not too. I'll have to get someone to do that for me. Uh, what? Who do you suggest?
1: Yeah. In look, no, 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 but that's okay. I don't, it's not hard to do a factory reset on the phone. Um, and you know, if you've got a nerdy nephew around you or something like that that can help, that might be the way to go. But yeah, if you were to factory reset that phone, I think it'll be um, all you need to do, bud. All
3: right. Thank you very much for your help. All right. Let's any time, it.
1: mate. Good on you. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks. Um, a tough one for, for Lester because you know he's been through some dramas there with all those different email accounts but uh hopefully it gets sorted uh, going forward and uh and he can get that email working again but it's the kind of one you you wish you wish you were next his next door neighbor and you can go around and help him but um I don't live anywhere near the Kiama Downs wherever that is so I can't help Lester directly um if you do happen to live in Kiama Downs let me know and we'll get get you to help Lester EFTM, Trevor along with you taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, you know where to go. EFTM.com and I'll try and help you out. No matter where you're from, no matter where you are, if you've got a tech question or you just want to have a chat about something tech in your life, get in touch. Christine did that. Christine is on the line. G'day, how are you doing?
2: Hi, Hi Trevor. How are you? Thanks Re- for calling me. Really?
1: Well. What can I do for you?
2: Uh, Trevor, previously um, I had you talk about parental controls. So my teenage kids, obviously I'm clever I'm an IT professional myself mm-hmm. but they're cleverer than me now and can get around most of them most of the you know things yeah. you know like even um, the apps that I use to control the internet and the Wi-Fi so I was wondering what you'd recommend in terms of um, so I wanted to talk about the Aussie broadband and all those mm. other providers is there any Provider that gives parental control remotely. I've them. not,
1: I've not seen any at the internet provider level. I'll be honest with you, Christine. I think most of the ones that I've seen are what I would call network level or device level. Um, right. Now, so what, what yes, age teenagers are we talking about here? Uh,
2: Sixteen and twelve.
1: Yeah, so twelve, a little bit manageable. Sixteen, uh, yes. that horse is bolting very, very fast. Um, just yes, to be very is. clear, because the thing, the problem I have is I can only control so much of what the kids do. As soon as you take them off the Wi-Fi, they're just going to – or if you do something to your Wi-Fi, they'll just turn off the Wi-Fi and they'll be on their um, on their mobile connection, uh, their, four, their 4G yes. connection, right? So there's yes. still only so much that you can do. Have they got iPhones yeah. or Android phones? What do they got? Yes, yes, iPhones. iPhones. So obviously yes. – and, and even
2: that managing time has not worked you know, um, you can control it on iPhone
1: yeah.
2: uh, or any device anyway. That doesn't work too. I just wanted to know if because our hand opts do have some uh, remote and all this and I wanted to hear, mm. you know, because when I when I spoke to them it didn't sound like it is what I'm looking for.
1: Oh, I, if, so, if you're not getting satisfaction from Apple's parental controls through family sharing, nothing's going to satisfy yeah. you. Okay. That is no by idea. beyond question the best thing you can have running. It's the, it's yeah. the number – if my daughter was begging me for an iPhone, I would say no every single day of the week except for the fact that I could probably be convinced by realising that I can do so much more to restrict her usage and the things she sees because she's on yeah. an iPhone. Because as a parent, okay. assuming that they're set up through parental control, assuming that they don't know the screen time password and all those things – as a parent, yes. you can restrict not just how long they spend on apps but the content that they see within apps as well. Um, so, I think you know, I
2: need to explore that deeper then.
1: <laughs> it, it, it is – it's a brilliant system and when done yes. properly and securely, it, it can restrict adult content from their browsing, it can restrict certain age-appropriate apps, and most importantly, yes. it restricts time and it gives you a report on what they're doing. And that to me, at that age – Is the best thing you can do. 12-year-old, you know, use definitely some um, internet-based controls like Trend Micro's home security device. Home network security device is brilliant for controlling access to things like YouTube and different apps on the network, not just on an iPhone. But I would would tell you to invest time and effort as a family. Here's the thing, Christine, you've got to do it as a family because if you just do it and then tell them it's done, they'll just get angry with you. You've got to tell them why you do it. You've got to to bring them on the journey and you've kind of got to sit down and do it together. Um, And if you do that, I I think the parental controls, the family sharing is what Apple call it, is the best solution out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So the big deal is the gaming, um, you know, and it's the fact that, you know, I leave the house and I want to feel that, you know, um, so, so at times, you know, the kids can't get themselves out of the game mm. and so i want something that can automatically just switch them them off and on, the, on their phones or on an xbox on on you know on uh, ps playstation
1: so again both playstation and xbox have parental controls but you've okay. got, to, you've, got to, you've got to you've got to get into them so first and foremost you need your own playstation account you need your own xbox yes. account And then you become the parent in the family. My son has a time limit on his Xbox, so even though when I get home in the afternoon he's playing Xbox, I know he's not going to be playing with it forever because it's gonna—it'll just kick him off. And and when the when the device kicks them off, it's very different to when mum or dad say get off. So because they can't argue with it, it's real. It's time. It's done. So thank you. Yeah.
2: So it gives me the what what we just said is uh, the one thing that I've not explored is um, parental control on uh, PlayStation. Yes. That's something I need to go and um, study about and get myself around, and then I can Definitely. start from there. Good yeah. stuff. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Good luck with it.
2: Yep. Thank you. No worries at all. Good on
1: you. Um, yeah. The the most difficult thing as a parent right now is is dealing with um, with kids on uh, on devices and yeah it's uh it's it's tough and especially the horse is kind of bolted there right it's um when you when your child is 16 uh it's a very different world to uh to when they're 8 or 9 and you bring them on this journey from the get go my best advice to parents is start early because the earlier you start the more likely it is you have less roadblocks along the way. My 17-year-old has a self-imposed time limit on TikTok. And I think that's because over time we've we've talked about time limits and how time is wasted. It's really quite simple. Anyway, it's different for everyone and there is no cookie-cutter solution, but those are the tools out there for you. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Great to have your company. If you are uh, wondering about something technology or you've got something brand new you want to brag about, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Julie did that. What can I help you with? Julie?
5: Oh, hi, Trevor. Thank you. Look, um, we're going caravanning on the mainland um, May this year, and we both have iPhone 13s, mm. and our concern is when we're outside of um, town areas, like going across a Nullarbor or all of those rural areas, we don't have phone service. And I know that we can, like, send a text message um, as an SOS on our phones, but I heard that the iPhone 15, you can actually connect up to existing satellites and it can be used like a satellite phone.
1: I'm not even sure you can send text messages with an iPhone 13 when you're in SOS. Uh, okay. Yeah, so if you're… And just you, this may be telling you what you already know, but just for other people, if you're on Telstra and you're in the middle of nowhere and there's no Telstra mm-hmm. service, um, your phone will show SOS if you're uh, if you're within range of an Optus tower or a Vodafone tower. But if you're in range of okay. none, and so that means if your phone says SOS, it means I can't find my network, but it's okay. I can find another one if you want to call triple zero. So if you call triple zero, mm. all will work. But if you're outside of all of the, um, the, the cell towers, the mobile towers, then nothing will work. There'll be no bars on the screen and you'll have no ability to communicate whatsoever. So for years people bought mm. little uh, satellite phones and things like that. But mm. you are spot on. This is a catalyst, a reason for you to upgrade to an iPhone 14 or 15. So the 14 okay. and the 15 both have – Emergency SOS via satellite, and it is unbelievable. So here's how it works: if you are in that situation where you are not within reach of any mobile tower, and you are stranded mm-hmm. on the side of the road, your um, your partner's got a broken leg, you you can't move, whatever whatever the situation, you need to you need to alert emergency services. Your phone shows mm-hmm. it shows this little satellite symbol next to the where the, okay. where the mobile normally would be. Now, if that mm-hmm. happens. You can't call a friend. You can't call triple zero. Mm. But what you can do is you can mm. initiate an SOS message. So it's kind of this, um, let's say it's a third party. So you're actually communicating. Let's just say you're communicating with Apple. It's it's a third party, but it doesn't matter. Mm. And so you, it's yeah. like a questionnaire on the screen. You get these little text boxes. Um, have you been in a crash? Are you lost? Are you missing? Whatever. Um, and then it asks mm-hmm. you sub questions like, is anyone injured? Um, you know, can we share your location? Yada, yada, yada. And it sends all mm. that information off in one little burst via satellite. And then the emergency mm. operators are able to come back to you and ask you a couple of simple questions like how many people are with you or, you know, is there a lot of blood? I don't know. They might ask you rent. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's it's very yeah. simple back and forth. It's not a phone call. It's not a, not a simple chat. It's very limited. Mm. And the most mm. amazing part of it is that you can have set up on your phone your personal family emergency contacts, you know, you might have your okay. daughter or your cousin or your sister, right? If you're stuck on mm. the Nullarbor, you've broken down mm-hmm. and you're having a, essentially a triple zero message via SOS emergency, your family mm. will also know. Wow. Now that's, okay. that's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's kind of, it's like, Oh my God, yeah. why do they need to know? But if they haven't heard from you in two days, because you've been checking mm-hmm. in every day, this will let them know that A, that they know where you are, B, you're mm. in communication with emergency services because they can see the back and forward conversation. They just can't chime mm. in but they see both wow. sides of the conversation. It is remarkable. It is potentially yeah. life-saving. and uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's highly oh, – look, if I was travelling around Australia, I would want to have an mm. iPhone 14 or 15 with me.
5: That's awesome.
1: Because it also has That's, crash detection. So again, I'm being yeah, a real real yeah. I'm being a real downer on your trip here, but if you were to have right. an accident <laughs> and and the phone is able to detect a car crash and if you do not mm-hmm. respond, so the phone will beep and if you don't respond, it will assume for some reason you're incapacitated and it will yeah. automatically send your location and the fact that you've been in an accident to emergency services. Mm-hmm.
5: That's incredible and I've yeah. heard of that working. I've heard of that being yeah. used. Um, it's incredible and it's just peace of mind. Like, that's I think that's really, all you want
1: really and for your family yeah, too. Definitely. Now, now do, you yeah. use, do, do your family and friends use uh, iPhones as well? So have you ever done yes. sharing of your location via Find My Friends?
5: No, I haven't. So Should
1: give it a go. Give it a go. And you can do this on the iPhone 13, right, before you go to the trouble okay. of upgrading, right? If you open up Find My on your phone, there's an option yeah. for people, devices, whatever. But under people, you can add, uh-huh. um, you know, different people to share your location with. So um, okay. obviously in my phone it automatically shows my wife, my kids and everyone in my phone. But I could, I could share my location with you, Julie, And you could then Mm. see where I am. Now, here's the great thing. Mm. Even though SOS, emergency via satellite SOS, is only for emergencies, you can, Mm -hmm. on an irregular basis, as in not every five minutes, I think it might be every hour Mm. or three, you can update your location. Mm -hmm. So you can use satellite to update your location, which is a way of going, hey, guys, we haven't broken down. We're not calling triple zero. We're not in an emergency but well, we won't let you know we've we've advanced along the Malible. We've made yeah. progress. So your family can see that you've moved and you're tracking as per what you said you would. And that, yes. that's a game changer as well. No you can't SMS yeah. your, your buddies, you can't send messages oh. to each other, but you can update your location. Oh. And in an emergency, oh. you can have a triple zero conversation.
5: Fantastic.
1: That's so game good changer. To hear. It's a game changer for yeah, that exact absolutely. situation. So, have you are yeah. you already in the in the travelling mode, or are you just getting rigged up? Where are you at?
5: Just getting. So we're going May. So going May this yeah, year. Right. We've done it a couple of times before, but it's, you know, there's always my husband's. You know, type one diabetic. Had a triple bypass, so and we're getting older, and you just peace of mind, you know, Mm. and we don't want to go to the trouble of getting a satellite phone if we can help it, and Mm. this will solve that
1: issue. Look, I don't don't want to suggest that the satellite phone is redundant in any way, but what I would say to you is that as a emergency backup, having an iPhone is is Mm. unbelievable um, for that purpose. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, of the two things that I would invest in right now, it, my my suggestion would be an iPhone 15. And it doesn't have to be both of you. Just yeah. one of you need to get one. but yeah, yeah,
5: exactly. And that's what we thought. Just upgrade one yeah. to a 15. That's all we need
1: to do. Done deal. Oh, perfect. You're right. awesome. I'm no so glad I was,
5: missing, I was listening to um, Boner this morning. Oh, good <laughs> I sent stuff. I you that text, all right. text. I don't know what time it was. No, Thank no, you.
1: I don't, I don't know Thanks, either, General. but good to have you as a night shift listener and uh, lucky Boy does a good job and I appreciate you listening. Good on you awesome thanks julie thanks for getting in touch um yeah i mean it's a remarkable thing emergency sos fire satellite it really is and we in five years from now we're all going to look back on this as being a funny time when we didn't have satellites because optus will have 100 percent coverage on satellites and all these things will be different but right now it's still unbelievable that that's a very new technology and look at that traveling around australia that's going to be a game changer Assuming there's people to talk to, i will be back next week taking your calls on tech questions. If you've got one, get in touch. And uh, back next week, and then we fly off Stig and I to Barcelona for Mobile World Congress, um, which will be an interesting one because I'm not sure how big it's going to be, to be honest. I feel like, um, I feel like it could be a sleeper. I feel like there could be something good there, but you never really know. But um, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona is the next thing. Uh, we'll just be away for a week for that, and then uh, back to... Hit the, uh, hit the grindstone. There's the uh, TikTok counter just ticking over um, in the background. God love it. Thank you to everyone who follows me on social media platforms. Uh, if you're on TikTok, jump on at Trevor Long. Uh, it's 104,158 at the moment of recording, and that's a lovely bunch of people. And uh, have fun making that content when and if it happens. Um, thanks for listening, and let's keep doing it. And we'll be back again very soon on the EFTM podcast.